Today is Friday, November 10th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Nate. What is it? I don't know. I mean, I'm a Christian, but there's no one asking Christians questions. Um, you know, there's enough people that listen to this. If you have any idea of a new platform that will get traction that's not uh, that's not censored and that allows people to connect by topic or group or whatever, like since Clubhouse has decided to torpedo their entire business model, um, for whatever reason, uh, they keep explaining it. It doesn't make sense. But people cannot find each other. You cannot meet new people. It is almost impossible. So, uh, you know, it's kind of what we need at Ask a Christian to meet new people to keep the conversation going. Anyway, so if anyone has any ideas on where that can be done, don't say fan base. Don't say Twitter spaces. It's all rubbish. We've tried. Uh, anyways. Um, negative Nancy. I guess I'll be negative Nate. Anyway, so um, that's where we are. So we just talk uh, with the usual crowd. So I don't know. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. <laughs> I tapped out. Um, anyway, I guess, you know, check out the Ask a Christian book or don't. Go grab a t-shirt to support the podcast or don't. Um, don't really know what we're doing in the meantime. Maybe I'll be here and just have a small talk with people. Maybe someone will ask a question about God occasionally. Um, anyway... Enjoy your weekend. Woo! To Bobby's question, <laughs> Bobby, sorry, sorry, I made you wait a day and a half. Um, I mean, you know, I did the same thing you could have done, but it's interesting. So, uh, let's see. Why does Jesus call Peter Simon? Simon uh, named him Peter is because. Oh, is it because he denied him three times when he refers to him as Simon instead of Peter? Uh, did he lose his anointing or something? Um, also Jesus, uh, even told him, stand behind me, Satan. So there isn't a direct, <clears throat> I found the most holy AI seems to be chat GPT. Um, so that's what you're getting. <laughs> um, there isn't a direct indication that Jesus calling Peter by his original name, Simon is linked to Peter's denial of Jesus or a loss of anointing. The context of this specific verse involves a question about a temple tax. The tax collectors ask Peter whether Jesus pays the temple tax and Jesus in turn instructs Peter to catch a fish and in its mouth, he would find a coin to pay the tax uh, for both of them. In this instance, <clears throat> in the instance where Jesus addresses Peter as Satan is when he, you know, says uh, when he uh, addresses Peter as Satan or when Peter denies Jesus three times, is a different context. So if that separates the question, I think you did it. I think it was unnecessary. But anyway, so, you know, he addresses Peter as different things. So as far as Peter's denial, um, hang on, that's not what I wanted. These moments don't necessarily impact. Anyway, the answer seems to be, and I think you'll probably get this in most commentaries if you look into it, which maybe you should. Um, <clears throat> I like Matthew Henry, but I mean, I guess we can go there if we have nothing else to talk about. But it seems like whenever he also calls them different things like the rock, when he's like, you know, you're the rock and, you know, Peter also means rock. So it could just be um, a nuanced uh, use of the name that would that would be to a specific aspect at that time. So, you know, Simon was a fisher. So, I mean, you know, if it's something to do with fish, maybe it's like, hey, Simon, uh, pass the bait. Um, and if he's talking about, hey, you're going to build my church, Peter, rock. Um, anyway. So that's the best that Chat GPT and myself have come up with. Hope that helps. <laughs> if you want to go to Matthew Henry, maybe we should do that, but that'll probably take more digging. You know, yesterday, man, I was a grumpy Gus. I've just been grumpy like this whole week. Like, I, I don't know. I think it was from my meat coma since it's been so long, and I like ate like two and a half pounds of meat over the weekend. 
I think it's like upset my system or like done some weird meat hormone chemical stuff. But I, I've just been really irritable. So I'm like, uh-uh, ain't in the mood for it. <clears throat> so uh, I took the day off yesterday, and then I couldn't sleep last night. Got up like 3 a.m., and I'm like, well, this sucks. <laughs> I just could not sleep. So uh, I don't know what's going on with me. I just need to live off like tofu and rice, I guess. But in the meantime, uh, Steph, some of the other news seems to be that, you know, uh, you know, Ohio can kill their kids now is a right. Uh, trans people don't have to tell their parents uh, if they're a minor about surgeries they're getting. And, you know, sex with minors in Ohio was cool. I still haven't checked on the uh, actual difference on how, how far the ages are in that. But, you know, messed up anyway. And then apparently there's a Baptist pastor that, uh, you know, apologized for being caught in drag. So, you know, shout out to all the Baptist pastors out there. And what else? A student in Chicago just won $150,000 because her high school teacher tried to to make her literally worship an idol. So it was like one of the Hindu goddesses or whatever, and they were doing transcendental meditation. And she's like, why can't we just learn math? And the teacher apparently was really heavy-handed. So real-life Shadrachus, Meshachus, and Abednegoes. Um, So, you know, this girl is like, no, this is not right. Like, she was trying to get them, like, meditate for, like, you know, the dead founder's souls or something like that. Um, so anyway, she got 150k. Shouldn't we all be so lucky? Now wait a minute. I know. Where's my 150k? When I was in high school, they tried to make us pray towards Mecca, and I got sent to the principal's office for not doing it. What? Yeah. You should see if there's like a limit on that. I would go down there right now and you know file a complaint. Like I would call someone. My teacher was a nice lady. She was just a (laughs) disgusting lib. I don't know if I want 150,000 for. Well, she's probably retired now, so you can you can that's go back true, to the school yeah. district because they're awful. Like the school district, it's not the little old nice teacher that's crazy. Um, it's it's the you know school district that's evil to the core. Um, that is I don't know, man. I would check into that. And apparently, like Max Licato is now off the deep end, um, like hosting like, a praise and worship. Apparently he's like hosting praise and worship time with like trans Christian quote Christian trans uh, drag people now. Well, I, to be fair, kind of everyone saw that coming. I actually don't follow him very well. I just know he wrote. Was it the purpose? No, that wasn't the purpose. That was Rick Warren, right? No, uh, Max he Licato. wrote a bunch of books on like. Uh, What's like his biggest? God's wild love, and he wrote one on fear. Oh, uh, and then that apparently got like a lot of attention. Oh, <clears throat> I'd know the main title if I heard it, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't follow these people. I kind of know who they are in passing. Maybe I've read like a book or two, but I really don't keep tabs on their life and, you know, who's the heretic now. But apparently Phil Wickham's brother is doing a praise and worship service with also a trans Christian. And then they're talking about deconstruction and reconstruction of their faith. Um, so, yeah, man. Yeah, that <laughs> you know, sounds I, like I, a good idea. Deconstruction. And re- Let's do that in 2023. You know, brilliant. Just you throw know, out all those I, councils and all the debates of the past and <laughs> the biblical text and all its history. Let's just reconstruct. What postmodern nonsense. Oh, you're like a, a mini Chris. He'd be so proud, but he's not here. <laughs> um, you know, I never liked Phil Wickham. I, I don't know. Something about him. Like, it's just weird. He has a that weird... Like, you don't know Phil Wickham? Oh, is he like a musician? Well, yeah. Phil. Yeah, he's oh, like okay. one of the super, super big musicians, but... He, he looks weird. He's really tall and lanky, and, like, he has a really protruding, like, what is it, like a Habsburg, Habsburg jawline or whatever? Like, like the inbred royalty? Like, the Habsburg jaw? <laughs> is that actually you know what a I, name for that? Yeah, inbred you don't know what I'm royalty. talking about? <laughs> no. 
you're a student of art. It's like a Habsburg, Habsburg, something jawline, but it's how it's really protruded, like Lord Farquaad from Shrek. He's yeah. got a jaw like that, and it makes me think, every time I see his, like, face, it makes me think when David took, like, a jawbone of a donkey and, like, went and beat the filter out. Was it Samson? Anyways, donkey! But I, just, I just think, man, that jaw could, like, definitely kill some Philistines. It's just weird, man. It's weird. I don't, I don't like him. He's weird. Inbred royalty. <laughs> Haps, I gotta, okay. Um... Let's look this up. It's Haps, I just Haps looked something. Up the, the songs that he, Reason I Sing, Living Folk, Battle Belongs. I don't know any of these. Oh, this is amazing. This is amazing grace. Is that that song? Okay, <laughs> yes. I know that one. And then he's all like this dancing around like his, mu- like his music videos are so lame. Like he's got like this whole like mob of people like um, surrounding him. And it, it, I don't know, it's just so cheesy acting, man. He comes up, he's like, you know, does the fake praise thing where he's like, you know, lifting his arms. He's like, oh, I'm so humble. It's not about me. I'm in a giant group of people, but it's 100% about me. So he's like constantly, you know, dancing out, you know, because I mean, because it's, you know, it's his thing. He's, he's the star, but it's like this false appearance of like not being that guy. But it's like, it's so obvious, dude. Just like be like, yeah, I'm the star. I'm why everyone's here. Like kick all the little people away. Like. If you're going to be one, be one, but don't act like it. It's poser. Yeah, um, let's see. Habsburgs were a powerful family that ruled over various territories, including Spain, Austria, and other parts of Europe. Duh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they faced issues of intermarriage, marrying close relatives, and maintain political alliances and consolidate power. Um, anyways, yeah, because of this, it, it came this like big protruding jawline known as the Habsburg jaw. Yeah, that's disturbing. There's ya history lesson today. I've never heard of such a thing. Until now. See? <laughs> oh, I love PTR. That's great. Oh, boy. J-Man is convinced I'm a reptilian, so I'm leaning into it now. And just, you know, throw the government off my trail. I'm one of them. Yeah. I mean, if they approach me, I'd, I'd probably sell out the human race pretty hard. Are you serious? Benedict Arnold? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe they're maybe they're good reptilians. Maybe they're just like, we can't stand all the, like, you know, political corruption and, like, death and war. We just want to be good reptilians and have a good society that we can integrate with. Maybe they're good guys. Maybe it would be, like, the bad, murderous dictator types I'd be selling out. You tell yourself whatever you need to, Benedict. I am in no mood for your sass today. Freaking turncoat. I'm more of a Patrick Henry type. Give me liberty or give me death. You know. Death. Done. No. no. But again, you haven't established... You're, you're just calling people turncoats. You've not established that reptilians are inherently bad. Like, why couldn't it be a good inter interdimensional planetary alignments? Because if the have... people who have evidence of reptilian DNA are not good people. Unless you want to be on the side of Hillary Clinton with those little slitty eyes she's got. Then, Maybe they've you know, been misunderstood. To, Maybe that's the bad ones of their group. Hillary Clinton is not evil in order for me to follow you along here. Oh, uh, well, no one can do that. 
But I mean, you know, maybe it's a bad one in the race. Well, I mean, even like what Superman's planet was like mostly peaceful, but there was still a couple bad Kryptonians, right? You know, I'm not up to uh, up on my Kryptonian or my uh, you want Kryptonian to lore because of a couple bad Kryptons or whatever. Well, they did it to themselves, so we don't have to worry oh. about it. Anyway. Keegan, you got anything godly to say? We're out of luck. My kids are home today, so I'm going to have many ungodly things to say. Yeah, my children are also home, <clears throat> staring at me, both of them. Leave, are they really both banished. staring at you? Yes, they're and, and the dog, Hello, too. Nate's children. Hello, Nate's children. I have Nate's headphones. They, they can't hear you. Hello, Nate's children. <laughs> Hey, this lady pastor I know says hi online. I'm not a lady pastor. Just kidding. She's not a pastor. Yeah, can't be that's pastors. not her thing, Nate. What are pastors? Oh, the people? Yeah, preachers. Like the people we talk at church. Oh my gosh, my kids are like, what's a preacher? What's a pastor? I know what they I've got are. work to do. <laughs> yeah, you really do. <laughs> Chris is, is like going to be the next like mini Martin Luther. And, uh, you know, with like 103 theses. Okay, quiet. Eh, be gone. I banish you. Ellie, go. You're banished. You know what's um, crazy? I can hear the tile floor in the room you're you're sitting in. From people walking on it or No, the from echo? the echo of your voice. Are you like in an office with a tile floor and like plaster walls? Yeah, but I'm in the same I mean it's my living room, but I'm in the same place I'm always in. Your living room has a tile floor? My entire house is tile. This is Florida. Our bedrooms have tile. Our, everything oh is tile. It's amazing. It's so you have nice. Area rugs, the, Dad? Uh, we have a couple. Not not uh, not in this room, but I mean, it's super convenient with like the dog like vomits everywhere, or like the kids throw up everywhere, because then we just you know clean it up and it's all done. Sanitize it and move on. If it was carpet, it would be like black by now. We did. That sounds just horrible. Tiles Anyone else in here live with tile floors? I have tile I'm in my tile bathroom. Floors. That's it. Uh, yeah, so I've just been like frustrated with no direction. Because <laughs> I'm like, it, it's like, I mean, this is the same thing that happened in stupid Google. I'm like, what can we do? Right? Like the whole point of, of why I want to be here, you know, besides talking to you amazing people. <clears throat> is, you know, to, to do what we've done forever. But it's like, since Clubhouse, like, torpedoed that, it's like, I'm just grumpy. I mean, that's that's one of the reason, areas of my life I'm grumpy in. Well, were you at the town hall? No, but you told me about it, right? I didn't know there was a town hall. Yeah. I mean, I would have been one of the people probably saying you've run my life. Um, yep. But, but, um, whoa. What was the result of the town hall? Was it basically like pound sand? This is the way it is. Oh, who's no, that? That's like the voice of someone Christian. I don't recognize anymore. Wow. Who, who is that? Hello, Chris. It's Clicky Chris. I was telling you, you've forsaken like us for two quick. days. Now, the results of the town hall, I don't know because I didn't stay for the whole thing, but I felt like. I hate when people are like, you're gaslighting me, and it's not the definition of gaslighting. It's like the most overused whatever. 
but I felt completely gaslighted. He was like, you guys love this. It's wonderful. And if you don't love it now, you're going to love it. Like, just keep it. It's like, no, we hate it. We hate it. We've, we've still spent a couple hundred hours on it and we still hate it. Like, just like the guy that kidnaps his ex-girlfriend is like, you're going to love me. Just give me a chance. You're going to love me. No, I'm not going to untie you and ungag you. You're going to love it. You're going to love me. And if I can't have you, no one can. Has Steph actually kidnapped anybody? I mean, I don't know. Let me think about that one. Uh, No. Who am I to judge? My parents reported my car stolen in high school. Does that count? I mean, was it actually stolen? I mean, technically, but I had been paying for it and I paid for my own insurance, but I was only 17 and didn't realize that it was still in their name. So they got mad at me (laughs) and they reported it stolen in the high school parking lot. And uh, this is what they thought was a punishment. And uh, the police came and put a boot on it. And the whole school (laughs) stood out there and watched and they knew it was my car. And uh, I had no way to get to work that day. So I got fired. It was uh, oh. pretty horrific. <laughs> wow. Your parents were mean. I, I, they were my... so mean. This was, uh, what, let me think. This was 2006. So however many years ago that was. And uh, my mom tearfully po- apologized about a month ago for that event. Uh, <laughs> 2006. Yeah. My son was One born time. in 2009. <clears throat> yeah, I'm old. One time I was with my parents. We uh, were traveling. We're like an hour away from our home, hour and a half away at this uh, sporting event. And uh, I um, I was there and there was this girl I met at church camp like a few months before that. And she lived in that town. So I had her phone number. So I called her and stuff. And, you know, she wanted to, she wanted to meet and I really wanted to meet her. And uh, we were at this like auditorium. I'm like, hey, can I just, you know, take the, take the car. I just want to like, you know, drive around and blah, 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 and whatever. They're like, no, you can't. But I had the keys. Cause you know, I just, I got my license recently. So I was, I was driving. So I had the car keys. So I'm like, Hmm, I shouldn't do this. But I just kind of walked out to the parking lot, walked in the car, started up and went and met this girl. <laughs> my parents ended up calling the police. Cause they're like, where did he go? He stole our car. <laughs> so they found me. I'm like, I just wanted to hang out with her. And you said, no, they're like, that doesn't mean steal our car. I'm like, you're probably right. Uh, wow, that is uh, surprisingly similar, but I think your parents had more grounds than mine did. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't the worst kid ever. You never do that, Misha. If you steal my car, I'll ground you till you're 100. So I got questions. Okay, so Steph, you Misha's didn't get to a work. beautiful name. Okay, yeah, go ahead. You couldn't get to work after your car was booted because you were at school and none of your friends cared enough about you to take you to work? What well, friends? <laughs> so here's... Or are you, are you step 2.0 now? You were way meaner back then. No, so I was one of my first friends who could drive because I've just always been very driven and motivated to get out of my parents' house. So I also was one of my first of my friends to have a job. So I worked at this pizza place that was 20 minutes away. And my best friend also worked at this pizza place, but she had to be there earlier than me. So she had also gone. So me and Julie were the first two to get our licenses. So Julie was not there to drive me. 
Uh, so yeah, it was like just a bad thing all around. I also was taking an after school English class that I had established. So I had to be at after school English that day and she wasn't. Yeah. So no, I had no other friends who lived in Hamlin who were willing to drive me that 20 minutes or could drive me that 20 minutes. It ended up being that like, I got the job back actually, because it was, my best friend's dad was the manager, the one who had to be there earlier. So uh, I ended up like my dad had to drive 40 minutes to come pick me up. And then I ended up moving in with my dad and then my stepmom was kind enough to give me her car to use so I got hired back once I had reliable transportation again but the car that I had bought for my parents and paid for was then given to my little brother so that sucked <laughs> that sounds yeah. about right they also paid for his college and not mine there's a whole there's a whole lot of resentment there y'all <laughs> why don't your parents love you stuff I don't know I don't know. I'm my mom was that too used soon? to say things about like, uh, like one time my brother broke his cell phone and then they used my upgrade and then oh. uh, mine oh. died because I never used my upgrades. <clears throat> I know, right? Isn't that the worst, most horrible? So I was saving my upgrades because I would always, and I still do this as an adult, like I always just save it until my phone is super, super dead and then I can get this free phone, right? So my phone died like a month after. And so I asked my mom if I could use her upgrade. And she said no, but she had given mine to my brother and she said it was because he had a job and I was only home raising kids and I didn't need a phone. So that was that was when I was 24 and got off my parents' family plan immediately. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this, is like a whole, this is like a whole thing. Man. Yeah, that's, that's rough. That's a whole I thing. understand well, where the bitter just, stuff is coming from. No, you know what? My parents, okay, I've learned a lot. I've done a lot of therapy and they did the best they could. And I love them very much. And uh, well, they- Want me and Chris to talk to him? Now. Call call him up, put him on conference call. We'll yell no. for you. <laughs> so then uh, God, is, God is just right. My mom had two more kids when I was 14 and 18. And the two of them are like, my one brother is so bad. Like she has been apologizing tearfully for everything that happened because she said she didn't realize how- good I was until she had Jake. <laughs> <laughs> so it took a long time, but I got my, I got my uh, vindication, I guess. Like uh, the other day they painted my bedroom for the first time. Right. So there was like this, when I moved out, my parents immediately gave that bedroom to my brother. I have three brothers and one is very close in the age and the other two are very little or were very little. So like the, they, my brother got my bedroom, but then nobody ever repainted it. And so I had this, like, there was a closet, one of those closets with like two folding doors, but someone before my parents bought that house had removed the doors and taken the hinges off. So it was kind of perfect to put a bed into this little alcove and then have more. So there's like this little alcove closet. So I, we had painted that like a nice navy blue. And then I had this gold permanent marker, right? So I was writing things on, inside the closet because it's something you couldn't see if you walked in the room. You had to be like sitting in the bed in the alcove to see this stuff. So I was writing things in there, right? And nobody cared. And I was like, you know, my best friend moved away. And so I wrote her address on the wall. Or uh, there was a point where, I don't know, I used to just write scripture, like a ton of scripture. If I was trying to memorize scripture, I would write it. So again, this was like however many years ago, I moved out in 2006. So my mom finally just hired somebody to repaint this room and so the painter was like are you sure you want to cover all this in the closet and you guys know my mom is blind and so she was like cover all what 
And the painter started reading to her what was written in the closet. <laughs> and she actually told him not to. <laughs> and then she called me and she was like, I can't believe I was so horrible to you. And you were the kind of kid who wrote Bible verses on your bedroom wall. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's very healing. Let me guess, was it Romans 9.14, Jacob I have loved and Esau I have hated? Yeah, traumatized by all that, and then I became a staunch anti-Calvinist after that. <clears throat> well, I, I just want to say that was, that, was, that, was the most in, that was the most inopportune point, Chris, I think I've ever heard. He takes them whenever he can. It's just part of the part of the deal. It was, it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty smooth. Uh, I, I had to come up just at that point. Well, the funny thing is it was double-edged, right? Because Jacob, have I loved Anissa, have I hated? Because my brother was definitely the favored child, but it's also the, yeah, it was it was a multifaceted burn. Yeah, it was like, it was just like for no reason. So he proved the doctrinal point that he kind of wove it into the narrative of your painting. So it was, yeah, it was impressive. For, 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 for a debate standpoint, that was pretty skillful. Man, you guys can just keep singing my praises for the next hour. Keep at it. Yeah, it was no, pretty good. Done. I can't lie. It was pretty good. That's no, okay, Brandon. Yeah. So, so what was now. the uh, other room you were in, Chris? Was that uh, actual religious talk or was it Calvin-y stuff? Uh, we're just making fun of Thomists for like two hours. It was pretty hilarious. Oh. But wait, the Thomists claim to be one. They're like one of you. Like, look, with so. Uh, this gets really complicated. Within You're burning reformed... bridges with your own allies? That's what I'm hearing. No, we're all still friends. It's just a minor disagreement. But like the, there's a thing within Reformed theology right now. Every 30 years, it crops up that people discover Thomas Aquinas from the Reformed camp. And they're like, whoa, this is awesome. It's like all of the philosophy that I ever wanted to learn. And it's got a Christian veneer on it. So now it's okay. And so then people will go and be crazy Thomists for a few years, and then it gets slapped down. And then people will be like, look, here's all the reasons that Thomism is dumb. And, you know, it takes a few years. Um, God cleanses the church because a bunch of people will swim the Tiber and leave. And then the people that are left over are like, wow, that was dumb. I realize it. And then those are the next generation of people that get to fight the next generation of Thomists that pop up. It's like a whole thing. It's like the cycle that repeats itself. It's like Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Are you saying you have a history of Thomism in your youth? Are the Thomists Cylons? The Thomists are the Cylons, yes. And uh, all this has happened before and all of this will happen again. And yes, I did read the Summa when I was like 20. What's so alluring about it? Say that again, Brandon. I didn't hear you. Like with Thomas, what's so alluring about it? If you are someone with like a 120 IQ and above, Thomism is extremely attractive because it literally, natural theology is you can figure out God with your rational mind. So that's the allure. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Like that, uh, the thing, you know, is clearly made known the things that are made kind of angle. Yep. Natural theology is not in reference to like, like, you know, you, how 
regular humans talk about natural theology, like you can see God in the creation and all that. That's not what natural theology means to a classical person. So a classical person would say natural theology is the way in which we can use human reason in order to reason our way both to a um, monotheistic God and then eventually to the God of the Bible. And so classical apologetics, if you've ever heard that term, is literally using Thomistic methods or scholastic methods to get a philosophy to agree with, theoretically, the God of the Bible. Sounds like some Jordan Peterson wannabe stuff. 100%. Except Peterson's not really an Aristotelian. So, like, the other thing that we were just joking about was, like, Aristotelian categories. So, like, every time something came up, I was like, you know, there's an Aristotelian category for that. So became kind of the catchphrase joke. Anyway, that, that gets deep into that gets deep into stuff that no one cares about except for like six reform scholars. <laughs> so you've had your breakfast and are not traveling the highways you sound like a very quiet location yes i i need to finish um my rfp today and i got some curveballs thrown at me because av guys i don't know if you you know too many church av guys i assume you do since you're a musician i know yeah okay so church av guys have this special skill where they can take something that you can probably do for like 500 bucks and they can turn it into $6,000 and then tell you why you need to spend $5,500 more. And it's literally like a 1% more benefit. And you're like, cool. But really what it does is it gives them absolute control from their tiny soundboards. So they never have to see other humans. Um, and that's their goal. I, yeah, that, that is happening exactly in the church. I, uh, I play music in. And that's also happening in my HOA, where the one of the one of the people on the board is trying to spend like six grand, or no, no, fifteen grand, basically to uh, make the um, make the board meetings um, virtual, so people can like watch on Zoom and stuff. So I'm like, how do you get fifteen thousand dollars? I'm like, you just need like a laptop, a you know, few hundred dollar mixer. And, and like a few other things, like this, the, like two grand max. Like let's be crazy and say four or five, but fifteen. Anyway, so yes, I have experience and pain in both of these areas. Yeah. So like the original plan was to like throw up some speakers and an amp and just have some music playing with like an iPad, and that went the way of the dodo. Now there's a full Dante and Cusis system. $30,000 in the background and, <laughs> you know, and like these like thousand dollar speakers and $2,000 microphones and like all this, I'm just like, think of all awesome. the starving children you could be feeding with that. Well, the starving children need better sound quality in order to be able to hear the gospel. Neat. That's true. To, yeah, that's true. To get properly saved, it has to be under a good sound system. With a fog machine. <laughs> Brandon, who runs the fog machine at your church? Who runs the fog machine at your church, Brandon? 
I'm still trying to figure out who that guy is. We were trying to put our finger on it. <laughs> I, I think if we, I think if we have a fog machine, I think, I think our pastor will probably like just probably like clear out the whole like platform staff and everybody. Steph, is there a fog machine at your church? Apparently, Steph is the one who's in charge of the fog machine. I mean, they smell good. No matter how much they say they're not toxic, I'm sure they are, but they smell good. I had walked away with my headphones in my ear, and then I had to come all the way back to the other room to find where my phone was. Uh, No, in fact, if a church has a fog machine, it is automatically disqualified from a church that my husband wants to attend. He calls it party church. Yeah, he calls that party church, and then he's like, no party church, and that's that. There's a church near us called Two Rivers. Uh, that's like growing and a not Calvinist and it looks great and I'm kind of into it. And he's like, no, that's party church. We're not going. So no fog machine. That's only remember, because they have a fog machine and like lights and all that. I, I remember pastor, like um, when I first joined the church, he was like really against like videoing the service at first. He was like for audio, but like when COVID hit, like he got on board with streaming reluctantly. But I was I was shocked after like he was like he really got he has really got on board with it. But at first he was really against it because like he didn't want people to lose track of like you know reverence for service and worship and not getting too you know his favorite word was like Hollywood. You know church shouldn't be Hollywood. We need to keep it sacred. But yeah, I I, I don't foresee uh fog coming something uh happening in the next twenty years. <laughs> Dude, how funny would it be if it was just like a foggy day and somebody opened all the windows <laughs> at your church and pastor whirls in and he's just like, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, started casting out the devil and stuff. You're like, no, no, yeah. it's just just a, just fog. Like, we, we found the door, man. <laughs> yeah, we were joking during COVID that the church was just going to issue tiny, tiny fog machines for everybody. So you could have them at your house. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Just get some dry ice. Here's your grace packet. Grab your dry ice now. Throw it <laughs> in the water. Okay, you guys ready? Now we're ready. For like plays and like, you know, like non-worship type events and things like that. I've kind of loosened up a little bit. I'm not as like uptight on stuff like that. It's not like actual worship service, but that is actually a very contentious topic among the brethren. And it's one of those like you know those no go topics when you like you know you're having like multi uh, church fellowship. Do not touch uh, fog related topics. If you want to see things get like very contentious in like two seconds, you bring up fog. Like there goes the bond of uh, unity in this. <laughs> <laughs> like it's gone out the window. Man, you guys are fuddy duddies. Like I, I find myself again smack dab in the middle of this. Like you know, I like fog. I like lights. You know, it's fine. But I also don't go so far as you know to be a Phil Wickham fan. It's gonna be that one guy that meeting me. Like you know what that fog is? It's, it's a fog of sin. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's always that one guy. You know what that is? It's the fog. It's the fog is called compromise. That's what it is. You're, you're, like, be, 
you'd be so proud of me, Chris. I, I used the, uh, was it Decenter I found it on? Uh, Decenter to uh, find out that Max Locato is apparently now a giant heretic. That's been true for a while. But yeah. Oh, come on, give me something. Well, why is yeah. it in the center? Like, it made it sound like it was something new and, new and, you know, shiny and new. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's, like, a new incident to demonstrate. Yeah. I know my no, he's friend, always but... just been sort of, like, super lib and super, like, fluffy. He's not really giving anything of substance. He's like, what's the girl who wrote the Girl Washer Facebook? She's, like, in that camp. That chick is totally heretic. My friend who's a Church of Christ pastor, uh, like, you know, I went to high school with, like, every time Max Lucado did something, because, you know, he used to be Church of Christ, like, he kept me super updated every time this man crossed the street. So it's, <laughs> like, <laughs> he is not a bit. It's, like, at first it's kind of like, Jonathan, I think you just, like, really kind of going overboard. But it's, like, after a while, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah he's kind of, like, he is starting to trip a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, Rachel Hollis is too Christian as... That's the one. Yeah. So let's see if we can do this oh. new SAT thing. Rachel Hollis is too Christian as <laughs> wood is to welding. <laughs> I'm so bad at this stuff. I almost said this fire is to hot. Like, I'm so bad at these things. This is why I'm not... Six, well, I, like, I Nate got a low SAT score. I just like to say I make up for it in street smarts, which is what dumb people say. But well, that's true. I don't make up for it in emotional right? intelligence, which is what other people say. Book smart. I'll let that slide. Book smart or street smart. I happily claim common sense. I don't know what y'all are talking about. I was home learned, so I uh, I got the best education. Well, home learned kids tend to. I worked at the College of Education for many years. Hey, is that true? Like, uh, I, I posted it. Um, I, I saw, like, something Paula White apparently said. Like, there have been tons of memes, so I imagine it was something recent. Steph called me out. She's like, is that true? I'm like, I don't know. I saw lots of memes. So, I mean, it should be, right? But Wait, what did it say? It has, okay. it, was it you or Victoria? Someone said, like, it was the meme I shared, and it said it had Paula White. Um and it was a More quote hints, saying, I like, don't know who that is. go look at your Christian memes on Discord. <clears throat> anyway, it's got this, uh, you know, lady pastor or prophetess or whatever she is. And it has a quote attributed to her oh, saying that, yeah, that if anyone tells you to deny yourself, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to have to go look it up to you now. What was it? If, if anyone tells you, oh, if anyone tells you to deny yourself, that person is Satan. And then it just had like memes of everyone posting like the words of Jesus, where he says, "Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me." You know what's crazy? Even though like I've never like been like, "Yo, like I'm just crazy, Paula White," but she hasn't always like years ago, like crazy mid '90s, early '90s, Paula White. She wasn't always like as crazy as she is now. Like she's got progressive. Still no idea who this is. You know, Paula White. Paula Paula Dean. Gosh, oh my gosh, Steph, Paula White. This is Trump's pastor. How dare you be a Trumpster and not know Paula White? Sorry, I still don't know who that is. You're getting ready to move rivers upon rivers, and moving you out of your destiny. 
That pond I mean, I'm not super familiar with her, but at least that I know where her stuff does. She used to like preach at Mega Fest. She was the one. Um, used Mega to, Fest. Uh, yeah, like T.D. Jakes. Uh, really, she she said she had a pretty big mega church in Florida, but T.D. Jakes really put her on the scene as far as like an international uh, uh, lady speaker. And you know, she he he's the one. She was really one of his early female proteges. Uh, right after, like you know, with Juanita Bynum. But he, I wonder. I wonder if she. Uh, I wonder if she had the same relationship with him as she did Benny Hinn. Ooh. I don't know. You know, as much as I don't care for Jake's, I will say that is one thing I have never. Which you know, you hear about everything. I have never heard any kind of scandal outside. You know, outside of his crazy, just outside of him stealing money. I'm talking about as far as like sleeping around. Uh, I can say that kind of scandal. The wrong kind of scandal. You know, I you know like the money and the honeys. I I heard about the monies, but never with the honeys. At least not at yet, anyway. So it's only half bad. Yeah, I guess you know as if that's. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's not still not looking good for him. <laughs> so Nate, I just sent something to you that don't banty it about, but it is uh from way back in the day. Wait, so I'm, I'm, what is it? On, on your text. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. All I can say is God is good. Uh, we. All the we, time. Yeah, but, uh, hallelujah. We, I'm, let me just give this short testimony. My wife and I were driving down, uh, 85 in Georgia, and we're here uh, in Swanee, Georgia, and don't nobody start seeing the Swanee River. But to be serious, we had two back tires blow out, and we rolled 30 miles before someone said something to us, and nobody, neither one of us is hurt. We're just, we're just here, and thanking God for what He's doing. And someone's going to on their way to come uh, change these tires and put a mud flap on the on the uh, trailer, because that's where it is. The blowouts, the two blowouts on the on the back, the two tires on. We are not able to hear you. That is so much noise. We heard we heard the part about the uh, mute. Ah, mute, mute, mute. He had oh, two Lord. tires blow out on a trailer he was towing. Nobody told him for 30 miles and they survived, which is kind of miraculous. And he's praising the Lord. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, you got to be quick on the mute button. Like, it will not let me mute people. Um, so... Yeah, like that. That got really, really. Would, feedback I like to say there for Nate is that the power of prayer and pleading the blood of Jesus works. Glad to glad to hear you're safe. I think that says really good. I'm glad, glad yes. to hear your wife okay.
I'll just say from the robot faction that everything went as planned. Georgia, Georgia, no peace I find. That's going to be stuck in my head. You said don't start singing another song, but that one was already stuck in my head, so the damage was done. Was that you singing to the Lord a new song? That was me singing to Sean a song about Georgia. I am not from Georgia. If you say, hell, hell to da 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 hell to the victors, yeah, you could, but... I ain't from Georgia. I got family in Atlanta. I think Sean is from the great state of Air Force. Just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. That's not the first one that comes to your head? This is what we became. This is this is the this is the moment we've all feared. Is finally here. Um, hey, Yvette has a good question in the chat, Nate. Oh, what is that question? Okay, uh, it says, "What does pleading the blood of Jesus mean?" There's going to be two answers to this. The biblical answer is that it's nonsense that no one ever does that, um, and that uh, <laughs> the American churchianity answer is going to be um to invoke the power of the atonement to really extra mean a prayer it's pretty pretty good <laughs> um um well those are your two answers i, I actually have a third because uh, one reason we plead the blood of Jesus is because we don't count it as a as a common thing. We, we call it precious. Hebrews chapter ten, verse twenty-eight. I don't count the blood of Jesus as common. I count it precious. This is way out of my wheelhouse, Methodists don't do this, so we're gonna have to lean on someone else. So wait, I didn't get to hear Sean's answer. What what was the what's the, the charismatic answer for plead the blood? I think you said because it's not common and it's precious, so it's it's uh, something you don't do all the time. I mean, I, I took it as like what you said when you extra mean it. I mean, maybe you were a little flippant, but I mean, that's how I and he thought cited he Hebrews meant it. Ten something? I, Sorry, I Sean, you are really hard to hear. Hebrews 10, 28. Like... Hebrews 10, Hey, 
keep wanting to say Stephendipity. Serendipity, what's up? <laughs> Not much, what's up? I've got two children for sale. Uh-oh, one of those days, huh? Just kidding, not like a wafer closet or anything like that. <laughs> oh my goodness. The replays are on. <laughs> Good grief. said not like that. <laughs> are you Nathan or are you Nathaniel? I am not Nathaniel. And it bugs me to death when people will call me that. So like my... my uh, yeah, so people will be like, uh, hey, this is, like, like I had this friend in Colorado, and uh, every time he would introduce me, like, you know, I'm just like, I'm Nate, I'm Nate, I'm Nate. And every time uh, he, he'd, like, introduce me to, like, someone new, um, he'd be like, hey, and here's my friend Nathaniel. Like, why do you do that? That's not my name. Like, legit, like, my birth certificate is not Nathaniel. Why do you insist on doing this? He had a weird thing with names, though. Like, he, he tried to make them, like, as complicated as possible. Like he named all of his kids. He had like 50 kids. He, I think he had like six kids. Um, but he named them like the most weird, you know, off the beaten path Bible names, like, you know, Ben and Naya and like all, all these other things. I'm like, you're setting your kid up for failure or he's just going to go by Ben and hate you. Um, anyway. So no, my name is not Nathaniel. Okay. Got it. Nathaniel. All right. Pastor Steph. I'm wondering when you're in trouble and you say horrible things about Wayfair closets, which name I should call you by <laughs> to, you know, <laughs> Nathan, my goodness. <laughs> Let me change my political affiliation real fast so it's all okay. You're still in Florida, so you're a target, you know, at least I can go undercover up here. Don't you know the fact checker said the wafer thing was false? Yeah, someone else explained to me why a closet named Rebecca is worth $50,000. <laughs> Steph, I was real sad. I missed the last portion of your testimony the other day. And I was so upset. My phone rang. Uh, well, it is not that exciting. Nothing exciting <laughs> happened. But people were riveted. I, was, I know, I was but flattered. it's... It's always, I don't know, it's always fun to hear somebody's walk and experiences that they kind of go through, you know? I gave kind of like the, the tame, happy version. But I mean, you know, it's sort of unremarkable overall. Uh, but yeah, everyone has. What was it? Were you like a drug addled like artist and found Jesus? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, uh, nothing like that. No. And I, I actually defer to Quentin who has the most exciting testimony I've ever heard. Like if you're looking for a pastor Quentin, if you're looking for a testimony, that's going to kind of like make your stomach turn and make you wonder like, Oh my gosh, how on earth is that man alive right now? That's uh that's Quentin. Mine is the opposite. I guess it's sort of interesting to like, you know, hear people's walk, but mine had no roller coaster ride in it. Mine did. Have you ever had a, a period in time where you questioned your faith since you've become saved? Oh, yeah. No, that happens to me every day, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's like a daily battle. I mean a major crisis in faith. 
Oh, goody. All right. What's going on? Tell us. <laughs> What's no. your current crisis? I am we'll not. Walk you through this. I am absolutely not having a crisis in faith now. Trust me. Um, but I've I've certainly been through a major crisis in faith, and let me tell you something. The Lord got a hold of me <laughs> real quick. Well, that's what tends to happen, right? As you start to wonder, you start to doubt, you start to kind of backslide, and the Lord is like, "Nope, <laughs> absolutely not." <laughs> oh, girl, I I didn't even wonder or start to backslide. I was just like, "Shame on you, God! Shame on you!" <laughs> Just, yeah. Wait, I don't know if that's a crisis of faith. I do that all the time. That's something Girl. I shouldn't do, where you're like hollering at God because you're mad at him. Oh, I'm so I was so mad at him. And let me tell you something. I <laughs> like I screamed at my pastor, and like God got a hold of me very swiftly. <laughs> I was. It was not a pretty sight, but yeah. <clears throat> But, I mean, I guess I figure God knows when you're mad at him, right? Ain't no sense in lying about it. Yeah, that's what I tend to think is that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no, like, it, you could, there are times where I feel like it's appropriate to be very reverent and pious. Like, you know, I, when I yeah. do communion, that's where it's like, this is a very somber event for me. This is like very, I'm very focused, you know. But mm -hmm. if I'm just driving in the car and I'm mad, like, God's going to hear about it from me <laughs> yeah same <laughs> have, um, one person i didn't mention the other day who's been completely instrumental in my de faith development and i can say this because chris is on the phone uh one of my best friends is a roman catholic her name is claire claire is oxford educated and has a master's in like some kind of catholic family divinity and mm -hmm. she's in uh she went into counseling so she's got her whatever that is msw or whatever uh, but she is just like a ridiculously well-educated person and a devout Catholic. But she had said this thing to me that made me realize, yeah, where she was like, she said that she, when she prays, sometimes she swears at God, she, which is a surprising thing to hear her say because she's such a tame, loving personality. And she's like, he knows what's in my heart and anything else is lying. Right. And so she's like, I'm not going to lie to the Like he knows yes. how I am. He knows my sin. And so there are times where, I am praying in obscenity. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, that's just part of your faith. If you have a real relationship, that stuff happens. Right. I mean, I I don't know. I think it's authentic for sure. But then you're just going to have to like, you know, repent later when you realize you didn't need to you be do. mad at God. You were mad at yourself. <laughs> and like, you know, it was you the whole time. Oh, no. Oh, question big... from. Uh... I was about to say, I was big mad at God. <laughs> I was big mad at him. Yeah, right. But I, I'm saying, like, you know, the reason would be, like, you know, because God's perfect and does no wrong. So, like, if you're mad at God, like, you, you only think it's something he's doing or causing or allowing when really, like, the problem was me all along. Um, so it's, like, preemptively just be like, okay, I know I'm going to end up, you know, having to, like, you know, uh, walk this back later. <laughs> so let's do that now. Uh, question I don't know. I think there are many situations where the problem isn't necessarily you. Like sometimes you're just upset because something out of your control happened, and the problem is actually the brokenness that God isn't actively preventing. Right. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, that sounds like what? Uh, let's see. Question from random in the audience. 
For the wages of sin is death. What does what death does this refer to? Well, the full verse, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus our Lord. So you could either say, like, you know, because of sin, you're going to physically die in this world. That's why people die is because of sin. But if you contrast that, if you juxtapose, not often I get to use that, uh, but the gift uh, of God is eternal life. So if we're talking about eternal life, well, death could be referred to as eternal death or the second death or hell. So uh, in any uh, iteration of death, it's not good. I would say. Hey, Edward, what's up? Hey, Nate. So you're uh, talking about being angry at God? I'm not. The women are. <laughs> okay. No, I can. No, I, I can relate to that. I've done times I've gotten angry at God, and uh, I, I was wrong, of course. But uh, it's something I think happens to uh, believers. I think Martin Luther one time said somebody asked him if he loved God, and he says, "Love him." Sometimes I hate him. I think he said that. You know that quote? No. No. Okay. Bob, I'm I had sorry, a question Nate. I just for... hit yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, that I did. I did too. I did too. Bob, let it be known. Okay, I, I, I brought you up here too. Um, I had a question for you, Bob. What do you do with things when Jesus says, like, he saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning? Like, if Jesus is just a dude, he wouldn't have been born yet. Like, how would he see Satan fall from lightning unless he was there? Uh, you ever heard of a vision? Okay. I'm dead. <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere. What yeah. else did you expect? <laughs> yeah, and if you want, I'm fixing. I'm fixing to be live on YouTube. So if any of you want to join me live on YouTube, I'll be able to do that in a few minutes. You got your subscribers, Bob. I'm so proud of you. No, oh, how many think... you got? How many I... people are you paving the road to hell with? I I'm uh I don't know if I got I, all I know is I think I can go live on the channel. If I can't, I'll go on Joseph the Dreamer. I don't know if I got fifty subscribers yet or not. Wait, you mean one of your accounts definitely can go live? Oh yeah. Well, why, well, why don't you just stick to the accounts that can go live? I, I, that's what I'll have to do. What's with what's, the what you should do? Well, if I got two accounts, I need both of them before I can go live. But anyway, uh, have you ever heard of a vision? Have you? Uh, no. You, okay. Well, you don't know how he saw it. Nope. Well, you need some Holy Ghost, I guess. What is Grant it? Grant me patience. Grant me patience, God. Be I mean, patient. that's actually not a bad point. If you reject all other context of Christ, things that Christ could not know or do or say without being God, then that wouldn't be a terrible argument. You just have to reject the entire rest of the Bible to get there, you know. Yeah, don't forget, he said... When he first got back, you know, after the wedding feast where the people were so happy because the, the water, I mean, the wine was so good, he showed up. But he's the one that said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And that's when he started having all of these experiences that he had. That you read about, you know, until they crucify him, he's, he's pretty much in tune. Uh, 
I'll let it go with that. My tech man's come. We're going to see what I can do. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. As an advertisement for the Discord, Bob is there. So if you would like further interactions with Bob here, uh, kindly join our Discord server so that we are less alone in having to deal with Bob. Yes, and never tag me ever <laughs> in, in those discussions. Shanae, have any yes. good, uh, any um, interesting discussions lately? Anything new and profound? Not even close. Not no? even remotely. Life is pain. Prepare for the uh, end. How about we talk about the problem of evil, Nay? That's so interesting. <laughs> so interesting. And slavery. Cattle slavery, man. It's so interesting. Oh, my gosh. I wonder if this is how Elijah felt when he asked God to, like, take his life. <laughs> Just... Just kidding. Don't do that. The official position of asking Christians, don't ask God to kill you. I did have, we have a question. Hold on a second. Go back. Uh, random both. I'd say, I mean, you know, the specific context we could be talked about, but ultimately it's, it's both. Like physical death, like because of sin, everyone will physically die. Um, everyone who's not born again with a gift of God that's eternal life, like the rest of that verse says, then it will be spiritual. Well, I mean, you won't be reborn, so it is spiritual death. Um, you'll just be tender for the box of hell. Don't go there. Oh, don't oh, worry. Oh. I'm not going to hell. That's the last place you'd expect to see me. Um. Uh, we just want you to accept Jesus, man. Like that's that's just what we want here. You got your tech guy tied up yet? Oh, neat. A question. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I asked this question a while ago, but then I got a phone call, so I didn't really hear. Uh, it was like maybe a month, a couple months ago, um, where Paul said he was because of the abundance of the revelations that were given to him, he was given a thorn in the flesh, lest he be exalted above measure. Now, what is your understanding of what it means to be exalted above measure? Do Do you think it's like he would become prideful, less dependent on God? Any thoughts on what that? means i think you're on the right track so does this mean that if you are would god do this with, i guess with all christians so if god blesses a christian with certain i guess spiritual gifts or knowledge um on things that to keep them lowly they're going to have some type of affliction in their life whatever it is just to keep them i guess really a down and, and afflicted like some kind of crushing, I don't know what the thorn in the flesh was, but it seemed to be something that really uh, was a messenger of Satan that would... Well, I mean, him. you know, we're told like God disciplines those those who he loves yeah. and no one's perfect. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of like I, I would prefer to learn things the easy way rather than the hard way, right? So I, I wouldn't want everything to be going good and well and great in my life and, uh, you know, get all conceited and prideful. 
only for God to be like, oh, we've got to knock you down a big step or two. I, I, I would much prefer to just have things go, you know, mediocre and, and all right um, as to not become super prideful, as to not to have to be super humbled, maybe just something like, uh, you know, a little thing here and there, <laughs> not like, you know, world crushing. But, um, you know, it's kind of, you kind of framed it in like a negative light, which, you know, it's, I mean, it's not fun if, if stuff like this happens or is a thorn in your side. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think it serves a purpose um, to prevent like a runaway train from like going crazy. Um, you know, you can call that spiritual growth or, you know, anything like that. Oh, thanks, Nate. So like, is pride the idea that we not like when the, was Nebuchadnezzar, for example, he was glorying in his city and he didn't give any credit to God. So is it basically thinking that you're something special and not giving credit to God for it? Is that what it is in your heart? Like you think that you're good, you're, you have some kind of good quality about yourself, some good skill, ability, but you fail to give God credit. Is that kind of like the essence of pride, not acknowledging God and your gifts and all that you are? Is I mean, I, I mean, I think that could be one thing. I don't think it, that's okay. the totality of it, but I mean, I mean, it could definitely be one. I mean, you could, I mean, you could say it's not giving God credit or whatever, but I mean, maybe you're not, maybe you're doing that like uh, because you're not thinking about it. You're thinking, oh, I'm so great. I did this. Everything's great. Oh, look, everything I touched turns to gold. I, 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 me, me, me. So I mean, yeah, you're not giving God credit, but it's not like you're not trying to give God credit. You're just not thinking about it because you're so self-involved. Either way is not good. Mm -hmm. But you could, on a related note, do you think it's wrong to take pleasure in doing something good? Let's say you do something good, Nate, at your job, and you take pleasure in it. And you know God's giving you, giving you the ability to do that, but to just take pleasure in the fact, satisfaction that you did something good. Well, it's, it's the intent, too. I mean, mm -hmm. like, no, I think you can, I think you can, you know, quote, take pride in your work or take pride in, you know, stuff you do, and that's fine. If your intent, you know, is is ultimately it's all for the glory of God and stuff like that. But if you, you know, you have this intent and it's just like this real, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like intangible. You know the difference, like, right? Like if, if you saw someone like, hey, I'm proud of my kids or, hey, I'm proud of this or, wow, look at this, like, you know, Felix in one of his ward creations, like, hey, I'm really proud of myself. I did this. But he doesn't mean it like, you know, an arrogant, snobby, like snide way. He's just, you know, really pleased with how his thing turned out. I gotcha. No, I kind of get that. Good morrow, Michael. Hey, hey. Um, hey, uh, first off, Ed, good to see you again. I haven't seen you in a while. Um, hey, Mike. Uh, I find it interesting. I, in my experience, there's kind of two, kind of related to what uh, Ed was just talking about. In my experience, there's kind of two kinds of people. Not to be oversimplistic, but two basic kinds of people. Um, the first person can look at something that they've accomplished and say, I did a good job at this. Um, and the second kind of person kind of needs to hear someone else tell them they did a good job. And it's commonly referred to as kind of like, you know, internal and external justification. And 
I, I've, I have found it interesting when people say, you know, like, uh, you know, the, the kind of generalized statement, you know, all glory to God. Well, it's like, and, and again, this is in, in my mind, of course, I'm going to see it differently than, than a believer would, right? But God had no part in me, uh, you know, like in my job, making, you know, a child's life better or taking them out of harm's way or something like that. Uh, if anything, it's his fault that I had to be there in the first place. Had he done his job, you know, and, you know, and, and again, I'm taking, you know, kind of an extreme, you know, stance, but, you know, it's his fault in the first place that, that I have a job like I have. If he wasn't, no, abs- no, I'm just, I'm, I'm I, again, I'm, and, and I understand that I'm taking a very extreme kind of approach to it, but, but it, it always, it, it's always made me kind of, you know, um, cock my head a little bit to the side and people say, you know, all glory to God, you know, without God, I couldn't do anything. And, and I think it's, you know, I think it's, it's a combination of the two things. One is the internal versus external justification. But I think an even, an even deeper part than that is I couldn't do anything. And I have heard believers say this, you know, like I couldn't do anything if it were not for, you know, God's glory, God's grace, whatever else like that. And it's like, I've always looked at that as, as really just base as really sad, actually, that, you know, you because you were the one who, why believers say you were the one who, well, no, I understand that, Chris, but, you know, but I, I was just, you know, love to finish my, my thought or my sentence, okay, sorry. Um, you know, is, you know, it's like not, not taking the credit where the credit is deserved and that's, you know, by you. And yes, I do understand why people say that, or at least I think I have an understanding from my perspective, why, why people say that. And for me, and again, understanding that my perspective is diametrically opposed to, I think everybody else on stage right now, um, it is unjustified and, and unjustifiable. Anyway, why people say that. So, so yeah, can you tell, can you maybe steel man me a little bit? Why would you say that people say that you are unable to accomplish anything without God? Well, I think, and, and this, and I think there's a, there's kind of two, there's different prongs to this because it may be, and I'm not really that familiar with, I guess, this aspect of a Calvinist's perspective, but I think that it might be fair to say, and I don't want to start a holy war between you and Steph on a Friday morning. But Steph might look at this a little bit differently than you do. I'm not sure. Um, but from my so from my perspective, when I was a believer, everything was rooted in God because everything came from God. So if we're not for God, nothing would be possible in the first place. So I'm not sure if that's the reason you see it that way. But that's how uh, I saw it as a believer. I'd like to weigh in real quick. <clears throat> um, as the prophets uh, from the musical group red once said without you i don't exist that would be my answer like literally nothing would exist without god creating every molecule so it would be yeah i think that's what i just said yeah so that's a really good start like it's a really good start it goes deeper than that it literally like every christian this is not a calvinist thing every christian would describe to uh the verses in Hebrews 1 that says he upholds everything with the might of his power. Ooh, popping and clicking, Mike. 
with, literally with without God upholding the created universe together, then every atom and molecule would fly apart into its constituent components. And so without God actually holding the universe together, again, this is not a Calvinist thing or an Arminian thing, this is a Christian thing, that without God holding everything together, literally everything would fly apart into its constituent parts um, in a giant conflagration of fire, like a nuclear blast that would eliminate all matter in the universe. That is what it means. Yeah, and I don't think that that's terribly far off from what it is that I said. Maybe Nor just I. different words. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I mean, I it's, just, it's, just, it's not just a passive, like, in the past he created everything, therefore mm-hmm. consequences. It's literally that moment by moment, Jesus himself is holding the entire world together. And without him holding the world together, there is nothing in creation that exists any longer. Super agree. Okay, so then in the, in the interest of uh, equity, um, do you think that I somewhat at least uh, was able to steal men your position, even if uh, not completely? I mean, I would say that you got 50% there with deism, but, you know, again, Christianity is not deism. Sure. Okay, so then could you do me the favor of steel manning my position? Sure. As an atheist, you believe that there's no such thing as God. Therefore, God is not holding the world together. Therefore, it's a silly notion that God is holding the world together. Pretty close. Ding, ding, ding. Right. And so, I mean, the Christian position and the Christian worldview is simply going to be that, yes, there is a God. No, there is no creation or continuation of reality without God. That is why your presuppositional friends are going to continually hammer you on what is your your grounding? What is your foundation for existence? And that's yeah, where they're coming is, yeah. at with that worldview. Yeah, and and the hard part is is that is that it's trivially easy. Um, you, you'll you'll never you'll never satisfy uh, a pre-supper with this, but it's trivially easy to answer this. Um, and, and it's uh, I've like I've had conversations you know with our our friend Ding Dong. We can't say his name three times, otherwise you know like Beetlejuice he'll appear. Um, but, uh, you know, like when every break it down to my lowest common denominator, it's reality. And I've had people say, oh, well, that's silly. Well, it's not. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's trivially easy to answer that question. Like um, I've, I've had the question asked to me, what dictates everything that is, can be, and cannot be? And the answer that's very simple. It's reality. Reality dictates it. Like reality. Right. So your grounding for reality is reality. Yeah. Which is just with circular. That? Well, oh yeah, but 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 there's but there's no like I don't necessarily think that circular arguments are necessarily fallacious. Well, I, I'm not saying that circular arguments are necessarily fallacious either. It's just that you can't define an argument simply with its argument. You know, like how do we know what reality is? Reality, like that's not really an answer, right? Okay, well then, why is God? Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't understand the question. Like, I just don't, I, I don't have a, I don't have an ability to answer the question because I don't understand the question at a base level. 
Yeah, and and I've and I've I, it it might be poor. It, it may be fair to say it's not a, a greatly formed question, but uh, you know it's like people talk about you know God is the reality of all beings. So well, why does God exist? Well, because He does. Well, it's the same thing. God is God because God's God. Well, I mean, yeah. So I mean, like again, you know, our friend Aristotle pre Christianity or anything like that he kind of answered that question. You know, I mean, now there's. You know, analytical philosophy has answers to Aristotle, but I think that, you know, at a base level, he's getting down to something, right? That, you know, the universe for it to logically exist has to have some type of unmoved mover that is setting things into motion, um, you know, that, that that is not motion himself. I mean, there's just, there's been a bunch of answers to that through analytical philosophy and through theology. But, you know, to say that reality is just reality and that it's a brute fact. I just, I mean, I think what we got, if we, if we were to have an hour or two discussion, it would just, it would fall into, to silliness. So it's, it's interesting. And the last thing, and then I'll shut up for a while. Cause I've been, I don't want to monopolize the conversation. Um, so I've heard a lot of people talk about, um, you know, the, the second law of thermodynamics, right? The fact that, you know, it's like, well, one, one of the reasons I've had it argued to me that one of the reasons we know there had to be some, someone to wind everything up is because everything's winding down. Right, moving towards maximum entropy, and the argument that I've given to that is simply: well, people love talking about the the second law of thermodynamics, but they don't like talking about the first law of thermodynamics, and that is that energy can either be created or destroyed. So when I pose the question, so you say that there has to be this prime mover, and if if I was standing in front of Aristotle, I'd say the same thing. You're saying that like if it has to be a mover, why can't it just be energy? Why can't energy just be eternal and all i've ever gotten is basically uh because it doesn't answer the bigger not the answer i mean the answer the answer to that through analytical philosophy is quite obvious and that is you get to eternal regression right so like you can never get to the moment that we're sitting in right now because of eternal regression like i mean it's just it's nonsense you cannot have an eternal universe or eternal uh, energy because you would never get to the point that we're at now. Like why it just doesn't make you, any why sense. Why can't you have? Why can't again, you have I don't want to, I don't want to, I mean, we could have a different room about it, but I mean like, and, and again, I'm not an expert. Crap. Um, that's just super fragile. It's all made out of glass. Um, anyway, so. Um, uh, what do you mean you're not an expert, Chris? Come on, you know all kinds of stuff. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm an internet expert, but like, you know, the, the, idea, the idea, though, is that, you know, you can't have eternal regression. I mean, it just, it's, it, it, again, devolves into nonsense. And so, again, without, without, you know, taking over the stage here to talk about that, but, like, I mean, there is definitely an answer, and there's a secular answer to this, not even a Christian answer. There's a secular answer as to why that, that position is nonsense. Yeah, and, and so the last thing I'll say is that it seems to me that, what like so what a believer does and not and, and this is not just the the um, the the uh, on the shoulders of a christian because a, a muslim or uh, anyone else will say the same thing right so you just insert this terminus and say well god that's my starting point god and he's the one responding but and and you you might be able to form a perfectly valid argument to support that but in order for it to actually be the case, it also has to be sound. And in order for it to be sound, 
You have to be able to demonstrate the truth of the premises. And if you could demonstrate the truth of the existence of God, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Well, I mean, again, I'm not going to, I'm not, I never try to prove the existence of God. I think God is a, is an obvious uh, kind of thing, a la Romans one. Um, but <clears throat> what I would say is that the reason that we have these conversations is because of Romans one. And, and again, that's within the Christian worldview. And, and and again, I'm not trying to poke the bear or anything this morning with you, Michael. I'm just saying that, you know, there is a, there is a definite distinction between the worldview that you're coming from and the Christian worldview and the Christian worldview would simply say, you know, Romans one. I mean, and I, and I'm just shortcutting it with you because you, because you and I have had this discussion and you've had this discussion many times. And so I don't think we need to go deeper into it, but basically the Christian answer to that is Romans one. Yeah, no, I get it. And, and, and yeah, and it's all, and of course, you know, like, yes, we had this discussion a million times, of course, no offense taken. And it's fun to just kind of have the back and forth. So yeah, you're not, uh, I, I'm sure Nate's, you know, Nate's probably sitting there pearl clutching saying, Oh my God, he said Romans one, Michael's going to lose his mind. I, I, I'm not going to, it's just, you know, it's Friday. It's, 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 uh, it's no day to lose your mind on Friday. Well, I'm over here living my best life. Are you with Bob on stage? Is Bob ready to chime in? I hate this day. <laughs> Can we just put Bob and Steph in a room and have them fight it out in terms of uh, uh, the nature of God? I'll bring the popcorn. Well, I, I asked. Um, Bob. I mean, I asked what his answer was to you know how if Jesus was just a dude, how could he see Satan fall from heaven like lightning? And the answer was visions. So I'm just all right. All right, peace. You mean by Jesus? Okay, but, good answer. It's a good answer. But he, I mean, I don't know. Like saw. I mean, it seems fairly fairly straightforward that he he literally saw it. He didn't like you know see it or dream it or like you know see it in a vision. Like you know, um, it seems fairly straightforward. But I mean, you know, I understand Bob's perspective. Hey, Joshua. Long time no see. Hope all is well with you. I got up at 3 a.m. this morning and couldn't go back to sleep, so everything's awful right now. <laughs> oh, and my children are home from school today. Such darlings. Oh, hey, with Josh um, in the in the audience, I'll give a little uh, shameless plug. Uh, yesterday, I uploaded episode number 191 of uh, the CA, and uh, Josh's amazing wife, Megan Lewis, was a guest where she talked about her the second edition of their their book learning how to read sumerian so go check that out we talk about all kinds of stuff but uh it was a lot of fun megan's so amazing can't believe we got crickets to that i mean are there here, here. people that want to learn sumerian I mean, I might want to learn Sumerian. That might be interesting. But. And it's funny because I asked her that same question. I'm like, because the, like this is the second book. And uh, we joked about it. that it's um, It was originally designed to be a trilogy. And I joked around with them. The six, so like New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. And we kind of giggled about that. So there is a third book that will come. Um, she's not even sure when that's going to happen. But there's a third book that's coming. And I, I'm like, how many people want it? Like it's a dead language, right? And she's like, yeah, but people are still interested in that. And it goes back to um, like the cuneiform tablets and all that other stuff that uh, both Megan and Josh have 
done a lot of, a lot of work with. And it was really interesting how people, how people are genuinely interested in learning about this, uh, this language. And if I'm not mistaken, we go back to, and Josh can jump up quickly or send me a note or something like that. And we go back to kind of like the fourth millennium BCE, um, with this language and with these, these clay cuneiform tablets and stuff like that. And it's genuinely fascinating. I just wish I could be a fly on the wall in the Bowen house for bedtime. You know, like what kind of stories do you guys tell your kids, Josh? Do you tell them like ancient folk tales in the original language? I don't know. Just that's what I picture if you're raising these like two genius <laughs> children. Wait, it's wait, funny. Wait, they made it four? You have the twins and then don't you have two older? I think it's that actually five. I think it's actually five total, but we were joking about this. And it's like a, the uh, the ship is run as a very tight ship because we got together, uh, like Megan came on, uh, got online about 745. Um, and and I, I'm like, oh, you know, you know, and I joked around, like, is Josh putting the kids in bed? She's like, the kids are already in bed. With the, like, apparently they had a house guest. And so there were two kids who were staying up later, but she's like, oh, kids are already in bed. In my head, I'm like, damn, it's like, that's like a, that's running a tight ship. Sorry, I was just um, I was just driving, taking the recycling down to the convenience center. But um, I'm not gonna run back inside and get those kids. But there are five, um, and we read to them, "Llama Llama, Red Pajama," uh, and "Baby oh, Shark." Those are the those are the two twins. Um, I read there's a there's like a sort of a kid's version of the Epic of Gilgamesh that I was reading our five-year-old. He was really excited about that for a while. But now I'm going through the Harry Potter series with the five-year-old and the 10-year-old, so. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Now we're, I feel like it could be a thing, but, uh, but, but sorry, I'll, uh, I have to duck back out because thank you for letting me pop up and just ramble for a second. Hope y'all have fun. Well, I feel much better about that. I, I appreciate those literary choices. Why would you indoctrinate your kids with literal Harry Potter witchcraft? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I started I'm reading Harry Potter to I'm my daughter kidding. when she was five, but she got really bored. So now that she's eight, we're doing it again. She also got grounded this weekend. So it's a great time to do reading instead of the iPad. You know, that's when we never read the books. Like we, we just started watching the movies um, and then everyone started talking about the books. So we just, we just never bothered to go back and read them. And now like the kids are over it. Um, so they don't really care about it. So I guess we just m missed out on that book series. See, that's the thing. My children are not allowed to watch the Harry Potter movies or clips of the Harry Potter movies or see pictures of the Harry Potter movies for that exact reason. Once they read all the books, then they can maybe watch the movies. Maybe. I haven't even seen all the movies. I saw like the first three and I was like, this is absolute trash. And then I didn't watch anymore. You know, I, I see saw Steph with an absolute agreement. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Nate. Sorry. Yes. Oh, you, yes. You're kindred yeah. spirits. Yeah, I, 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 watched the I watched the first half of the first Harry Potter movie. I'm like, well, that's two hours of my life. I'll never get back. Um, yeah, I thought it was just hot garbage. It was, and the books are brilliant, 
right? And the things that they had to sacrifice for the movies is just, you know, unforgivable. I mean, I don't know how you would make a movie out of books like those. They tried. I guess they did okay. <laughs> but uh, no, the books are, they're 100% worth reading. Nate, you should make your kids read these books. Like they, but once they you get into it, you can't stop. It's like a, like you're compelled to finish them. Wow, you're making the devil happy right now, Steph. <laughs> well, I don't have that problem. Is this a spiritual issue for you? I feel no conviction about Harry Potter or Fairy No, it's not. I was, I was. I mean, you're, I was, you're a Wesleyan, so we know why. It's fine. Wow. I was just joking. Like, no, reading the books is, is not the reason. Like, they're they're just you know they're over the whole series. Like, you know, we've seen the movies, and now they don't even want to watch those. So it's like, you know, we're just kind of been there, done that. Now they're onto other things. Um. But I did see this post that said winter is coming, and with it, you know, like Christians decorating trees is literal witchcraft. I mean, we can't even have a topic about that anymore. It's like, what's there to discuss? It's just like, no, it's not. It's not literal witchcraft. Like, what spell? What incantation are they doing? It's, it's literally not witchcraft. And there goes a the topic, just like that. Ten seconds. You keep forgetting that people literally are stupid. <laughs> That's right. And to, to, to pull another one of Chris's lines out, they need to read a book. Um, but I, um, here's another question, Nate. When will you start playing D&D with your kids? Um, you know, we, we play like very um, dumbed down versions. Like, you know, as uh, Steph was horrified earlier, my entire house has tile, like tile floors everywhere. And they're like, you know, the, the two foot like squares. So, you know, my house is shaped kind of like, you know, kind of like a combat map. So, you know, I, I've had them like, get their stuffed animals and I got like a little random dice roller app on my um, on my phone. So I'll have them like hit the button and it kind of like rolls the dice. So, I mean, they have no idea like what it is. It's just like, you know, kind of like a very, very dumbed down version. So, you know, they like put their little, put their little stuffed animals on the squares and I'm like, okay, here's the bad guys, blah, blah, blah. I'll throw like a stuffed dinosaur or something or like throw a cat um, on the square. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay, now roll your dice. You know, you have to like, you know, stab the thing or shoot it with an arrow or something. Anyway, so I guess you could say to some level, um, we've already been there, done that to like an extremely dumbed down level. I think that's, that's beyond amazing. That's so cool. It makes me want to buy a house and just tile it. <laughs> and last night my game got canceled because a bunch of ADD nerds forgot what day it was. They're like, oh, is it Thursday? I'm like, yes, it's Thursday. You've known this for seven days. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. Ah! I might have to invite you to ours. You might have <laughs> to just come. You might have to come to the dark side. <laughs> you still have cookies? Yeah, and they're homemade. <laughs> I hear that Steph has homemade cookies, but they got sage in them for some reason. <laughs> you know what? It's mm. about to be enough. Is it white sage? You can smudge your insides when you eat it? Give your colon a good smudging? I don't know. What do you think, Steph? White sage? I don't bake, and I'm not a witch. <laughs> not a witch, not a pastor. Pick something. Do you I'm weigh the same as a duck? Them. I wish I weigh the same as like 300 ducks. How much does a duck weigh? 
like a pound, right? I weigh 140 ducks. 100, <laughs> uh, 130 ducks. How much does a duck weigh? Wait, a duck does not weigh one pound. What are you talking about? How much do ducks what, weigh? Two? Go Maybe out two in pounds? your yard, grab a duck, and throw it on I've, the scale. I've held so many ducks. My guess. All right, that's it. How? You're going to get a duck. Oh. Do you float? does a duck weigh? Esther, how much do you think a duck weighs? Probably like 25. 25 pounds? Okay. The Google says 1.6 to 3 pounds. Okay. So three pounds. So you're right at 40 ducks. 42 ducks. <laughs> that should replace the stone system in Scotland immediately. Steph weighs as much as 42 ducks. <laughs> so uh, on the, uh, on the uh, topic of weights and measures, did you guys see the, uh, do, do any of you watch Saturday Night Live? No. There was a great, uh, last weekend, last weekend or the weekend before, there was a comic named Dave uh, Bergazzi, and he did, uh, he did this uh, comedy skit where they were talking about, basically it was like uh, during the American Civil War, and they're talking about, oh, you know, how things are going to be so much better, you know, we're fighting for our independence, you know, we're going to do our, all of our own things, and they, they got into the topic of weights and measures, and then it was just a broke into this fit of hilarity talking about how, you know, you know, we're going to have pounds, stuff like that, you know, it's like, oh, so, you know, are they, all these things, you know, going to, and talking about how the difference is between the imperial and the metric system. And it was absolutely hysterical. You could probably find a clip of it on YouTube. Um, Cause talking about the differences between Fahrenheit and Celsius and all these other things. And it was super funny. Was he dressed as like George Washington in one of the skits? Yes. That that's the one I heard. I heard uh, some friends at church uh, actually talking about it. Like apparently he's like, a, a Christian comic or something like they were talking about like going to see him or something that, or at least I think they said he, his act was like totally clean. I don't know if that makes him Christian, but I, I remember um, them saying it was like hilarious. Well, yeah, I mean, he like, I mean, yes, it was, it was hilarious. He's coming to Toronto uh, next year and I'm just waiting for uh, tickets to become available. I'm going to try to try to get some, um, but yeah, and it was, yeah, it was super, super funny. So you just just find the clip of it on YouTube, uh, and of course, of course, on SNL, everything is you know clean anyway, right? you know, broadcast TV. But uh, yeah, super funny. Oh, I just haven't watched SNL in years. Like, oh my gosh, it was it, it used to be hilarious. Like, you know, I, I never watched good. it back in the. I mean, I never watched it when Chris was talking about it. Like, you know, when TV was invented. Um, so like the Ackroyd Murphy, like all that. I, I mean, I've seen clips, wow. but I, wow. I wasn't watching it live then. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Did I, did I, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to cut you, you so deep. Are you triggering me? <laughs> but, you know, whatever. I'm um, terrible you know, about that. You know, I'm older than Chris, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But like David Spade, Adam Sandler, like some of the Farley stuff. Like that's when I started watching it, and then like uh, Andy Samberg. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. Like that that era was so funny. And then when him and like some of the other other crew around that time left, like you know it just got like super super woke, and I'm just like ah tap out tap out. Like instead of like making fun of everyone pretty reasonably equally, it just went super hard to one side. I'm like nope, I'm out. That's that's interesting. So that that brings yeah. up an interesting topic. Could you could you define woke for me? I'd like Chris to try first. 
a belief in systemic racism. Okay, so what I would suggest you do, that's, I mean, now, of course, you know, words are polysemous, right? They can have any, you know, they can be as you define them. If that's how you choose to define it, that's fine. But the more conventional definition is someone who identifies uh, systemic issues is aware of them and would like to attempt to try to solve them. I know that's what they would say. Um, what I would say is, is um, because it's not all about race inherently. I agree with Chris that that's one thing, but I would say it's like, you know, people, people on the very far left side of social issues. Who, uh, I mean, it know. gets down to neo-Marxism. It's just, you know, instead of, instead of economic classes, you have, you know, um, these social classes. And so you're, you're going you're gonna to start finding these systemic realities in every system. And so, you know, whether it be race or whether it be, you know, trans stuff or whatever else, you know, you're going to find these systemic oppressions. And so it also has to do with the oppressor oppressed narrative um, of liberation theology. Um, so, again, it all gets back to Marxism. It's just, uh, you know, the, the milieu of cultural Marxism as, uh, you know, has been defined and you, you know, you throw some, you know, Gramsian ideas in there um, in terms of why the oppressor uh, has not been kicked out yet. I mean, there's, there's, there's a whole multifaceted definition of people that are like Nate said on the far left. And unfortunately, you know, the Overton window as it is, which just means what is polite discourse in society has moved so far to the left that there's a, the only discussion that is allowed in polite society is either how many, how many concentration camps should we have? Not should we have concentration camps? That's, that's where it's gotten. And I'd say it's been, you know, it, I don't know who was pushing the woke versus awake, but it's kind of like, you know, the, the woke idea, like you said, Michael being charitable plus a few. Um, if I saw it that way, I'd say, yeah, they can maybe, identify some problems with our society correctly but their solutions are completely crazy versus you know someone that would say like you're woke i'm awake as aggravating as that like slogan would be um i, I would agree with like you know there's solutions more so instead of saying like you know because these people were oppressed they need reparations someone who's you know awake which is maybe just a way of saying the their counterparts on the right would say, okay, well, these people, you know, were oppressed. And because of that, here are some practical, pragmatic things we can do without starting a civil war. <laughs> so it would be, I, I would probably agree with their solutions better. So it would be like, you know, um, they have woke, the other side has awake. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I've, I've heard, I've, I've heard that, the, that slogan before. Um, I, I mean, use the word you want. But it, it's interesting, and I've heard the discussion actually in this room talking about things like, you know, around reparations and stuff like that. And I mean, like, for me personally, I wouldn't, I don't even know what group of people you would assemble to start to have that conversation. I, I don't, I don't know whether a sociologist, economist, I, I don't know. I don't know what group of people you put together for that. What I would say is, one so one a possible solution would be like again identifying the 
let's call it bad, bad or improper or unfair things that happened, identifying that those bad things are improper or unfair things happened, and attempting to move forward, not having those things happen again. Right. And the solution to that is that you eliminate the people that started the problem through the concentration camps. And that is where it ends. That so, is the problem with the ideology is that it ends in murder and death 100% of the time. So, okay. So that, that's interesting. And it's, it's, it's also so easily demonstrably false on the face of it. So, for example, I would identify... I think 150 million people dead from this particular ideology would tend to argue with you. So what I would say is, because you, you made a fairly definitive statement, like 100% of the time. I, using my definition previously of woke, identify... Like, if somebody asks me, are you woke? I'm like, well, if by woke you mean X, Y, and Z, like I said earlier, then I'd say, sure, you can call me that if you want. I don't have a problem with that. I in no way, shape, or form am I for the eradication or limiting of anyone as you're suggesting. So we have to be careful when we start casting things like, so like it, it's as bad as me saying, you know, every single Christian, right? They've, they've never read the entirety of the Bible and they've never looked at things outside of their own perspective, Right? The, the statement I just made is so false, it's ridiculously funny. And Chris, the statement that you made is so false that it's ridiculously funny. When we're talking in absolute... It, have, you it's, seen it's, the, it's, have you seen the Palestinian stuff going around where they were like, what do you we've, think decolonization we've, we've means? About it that. means babies and ovens. That's what it right, means. But what we're talking about... So, so, now, so now what you're doing is you're shifting the goalposts to talk about one particular issue, right? No, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm saying when people tell you things, you should believe them. When people say that decolonization equals genocide, you should believe those people. That's all I'm saying. Right. Okay, but okay. And I don't disagree with you when it comes to things like, like Hamas. Like, like I, I remember looking up, I looked up a few days ago, um, and it's become such a hot button topic that when you look it up on Google, it returns answers in like, you know, billions of milliseconds. Um, I looked up the charter, like the charters of Hamas. There's no ambiguity in those things whatsoever. They are for the absolute annexation of Jews, period, full stop. Okay. I'm not arguing with you when it comes to that issue, but your overarching statement was all encompassing. And it seems like you're talking about everything from ABC to X, Y, and Z. And so that's where I think we have to be careful, right? Because in the same, like we, we can't make these grossly generalized statements because there's going to be exceptions to everything. So like with what I just said, like, so I'm telling you on the, on the definition that I used, I would identify as woke. Do you think that I, okay, so for example, I am, I'm, a, I'm a pretty hardcore atheist. I would argue I'm probably as hardcore an atheist as you are a Christian. Do you think I want to see you and your family in a concentration camp? No, I think you're part of the 5% of people. Oh, so now it's not 100% Okay, well, no. So now it's, now it's 95%. No, no, again, definition, 
words have def different definitions. You call yourself woke. I guarantee that the average college professor would say that you are a Sorry, colonizer. That That's okay. I think that the average college professor who is teaching these children this, the Hamas talking points would say that you are not woke, that you are not an ally, that you are one of the colonizers and you are the great white devil and you just are trying to put on a thin veneer of what you think is woke. And I think that they would completely disagree with your definition. Yeah, and, and that's fine. Like people can say like, I've had, I've had people tell me like I've had like extremely hardcore believers tell me I'm not even an atheist, right? So that, and, and in fact, you would agree. Romans 1 says that I know God exists, right? Which is, and so I would disagree with them in the same way I disagree with you in this because like you're, you're telling me that I know what I know I do not know. Right. So, I mean, you, you can you can put up a flag like that and say, well, you know, you're not really this. You're not really that um, as much as you want. And I don't spend any time. I wouldn't waste energy or time talking to people like that when they're not interested in having discussion on, with you. All they want to do is prescribe onto you what it is they believe you believe. Right. My, and, my, and my only that... point in that, my only point in it was that, you know, like we, because like in about a minute and a half or maybe a little bit more than that, you went from 100 percent to 95 percent. I'm happy with that 5 percent concession. My only suggestion to you is like when you make these overarching 100 percent of the people, that's where you start to, I think, have the potential for danger sounds harsh but you start to you start to wander into realms where you could be like it's like it, it, you know like to to put a light side on it, it's like only sits only, only sith lord deal in absolutes right there's right. you know that like, would be the only absolute <laughs> <laughs> okay there but, you go i mean right but and i didn't say people i said 100 percent of that ideology leads to the concentration camp if you read the gulag archipelago if you read any of these books, uh, we were just talking about Vaclav Havel and Power, Power of the Powerless, all of these things. When you get right down to it, Marxist ideology leads to a graveyard 100% of the time. That is my claim. Now, I know that you're not 100% Marxist. Um, I know that, you know, there are people that call themselves woke that the actual woke would say are colonizers. The people that are you know, posting um, memes about, you know, uh, Gazan terrorists parachuting into music festivals and slaughtering everybody there who are at a music festival for peace, who are all a bunch of lefties, right? Um, that are, you know, having a music festival for peace and the Gazan terrorists parachute in and slaughter them all. Like, and then you've got people literally in the United States as actual tenured college professors and in Canada, by the way, saying, what did you think we meant by decolonization? I think when people tell you what they truly believe, we should believe them. I agree with your, the last statement, hundred percent. When people, I, in the same way, when people tell you what they're going to do, I think you should also believe them. Um, and when you're talking about those very extreme cases, tenured college, profe tenured college professors, um, social influencers, whatever you want to say, I would stand alongside you with the, you know, and fight against that type of thing because it's ridiculous. 
and it's and it's and it's horribly divisive. Well, you're just a hardcore Trumpster. That's that's the answer. You're a hardcore Trumpster. Or you just don't realize it, Michael. If you define Trumpster as someone who wants, who's, who's, if you define Trumpster as someone who's salivating at the prospect of him going to prison for the rest of his life, yeah, yes, I'm a hardcore Trumpster. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you know, like like you were saying, there's just these definitions to these words, you know, and I think that everyone can agree that, you know, hardcore, you know, Marxism. Um, and not in the purest sense, but I mean, like in the Soviet sense, um, eventually leads to death on a mass scale. We've seen it hundred, literally over a hundred million times in the 20th century. And all I am saying is that when people are using the term woke, or I think the better term now is somebody who is for decolonization, um, or when they refer to people as colonizers or any of that language, we should believe them. They are not arguing whether there should be a concentration camp. They're arguing as to how many there should be. Well, I mean, kind of like when Michael just now said, you know, salivating over the thought of Trump going to prison, which, you know, I guess if he thinks he really committed crimes and fine. But it make, makes me think of this. Um, uh, who was, it was like this investigative journalist guy, kind of like an under, undercover type guy. Um, you know, he, he's obviously conservative, but he was playing the part of very much liberal. So he like went out, um, I think it was in Virginia somewhere um, and or California, I don't know, someplace. But anyways, he was in a very much left leftist crowd. So he went around with this like kind of fake petition being like, hey, can you guys sign this? Like, you know, we're trying to like arrest, uh, you know, people that say the election is stolen. And, uh, you know, like who do these Trump supporters and these MAGA people think they are? They think they can just like say whatever they want. They think they can say um, you know, that, that the elections weren't fair and they were stolen. Like, we need to arrest these people for this speech. It was astounding. It's like, there's like three people out of like however many of the videos showed, like tons, who, who are like, no, no, that's not right. All of them are just like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, like these insurrectionists. Um, so I'm like, that. I mean, it's kind of how it starts. You see that, right? Like, if, if people are like legitimately being like, oh, your free speech, like they're not advocating violence. They're just like, you know, I think the election was funky or, you know, any of these other like maggot talking points. Um, it's like, yeah, they should be arrested. They should go to jail. Like, I mean, that's a pretty rough start, right? Like it's not a whole lot of steps before you get to like, you know, really concentration camps. Uh, I don't know. Like we have too many people. It's a burden on things like they're unredeemable, unrepentant people anyways. Um, you know, let's just go ahead and get rid of their carbon footprint. Like there's always so many more steps from there. So if you start with like, yeah, arrest them, that's that's not a good look. That might be a bit of a slippery slope. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, I kind of have to go. But uh, so much fun to talk as, as always. And I uh, hope everybody has a good weekend. And uh, I guess we'll chat next week. All right, take care. Steph, I leave you with Mole. Welcome, Mole. What's up? <laughs> hey, it's your favorite anti-woke atheist. You go woke, you go broke. <laughs> That's true. I keep forgetting that you're also conservative in a weird way. It's kind of awesome. You're, you're halfway the there, brother. Say, it's based. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I it's hate what? that word. It's based. Oh, based, yeah, for sure. So I have my 13-year-old tell me all the new Gen Z terms and... Uh, yeah, he was super embarrassed one day, and I was like, "And I was like, yeah, that guy sounds like he's on the Zaza." And my son just thought that was hilarious and laughed, and you know, but was also embarrassed that his old man dad.